Welcome to the Deep Woods Pursuit Podcast. I'm Ryan Bailey, and I'm here this evening with Jansen McCloy and Mark Hirschfeld. Fellas, how are you this evening? Ready for the rut? <laughs> Same here. <laughs> Absolutely. I think everybody is. I think this is the time of year folks live for in the whitetail woods, for sure. Definitely. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think we all are. So most of you that have listened to us in the past, uh, we've we've been a part of Bible Belt Outdoors. I've been there since 2013. I, I don't remember what year you guys came on. Do y'all remember? Uh, 15 or 16, I believe. Yeah, right around that time, 14, I think, 15. Just looking at pictures actually the other day. So yeah, I think around that time. So we've all, you know, we've been together as far as in in that endeavor in that part of our lives with Bible Belt Outdoors, and then the Twenty Feet Closer podcast that we did. Um, I think we had four or five episodes on it. But so what we're here to talk to you about today? Um, exactly eight days ago, we launched our new company group show whatever you want to call it deep woods pursuit um it's always kind of been a dream and a desire of of us four and we'll we'll throw nate green in there too he's was unable to to make it on here tonight but he's a part of the group too it's the four of us but um we've kind of had this dream and desire to to kind of build something from the ground up if you will and we finally took that leap of faith and and launched it eight days ago. Um, what do y'all think? First eight days. I to me, it's has been a successful eight days. Um, what do y'all think? Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, just the the response that we got as far as on our social medias, and that's kind of where we're we're focused in right now. Um, to me, it's it's a great time of year to to launch it and. Um, yeah, I think the response has been pretty good. I think I think we're going to hit it at the right time. I agree. I'm excited. Uh, from the get-go, I've, I've received several messages from people on social media saying, hey, you know, what's going on? What what happened to Bible Belt? And I uh, just explain everything new, and everyone seems amped and excited for what we have, have to offer and what's to come in the future of this. And I can't – I mean, I can't imagine – a launch to go any better than we've had it go so far i'm excited for each day i wake up and check facebook to see who all's liked and followed us and excited to watch us if we do what we love to do and you know we we sat down just to kind of give the listeners an idea we sat down whenever we were sketching an idea out for this thing i guess you'd call it <laughs> and um I put together like a little business plan and we all kind of reviewed it and looked over it. But in that business plan, one of the things we did was um, we compared some of the other shows and groups that are out there and uh, looked at how many likes and followers and stuff they had. And we set ourselves some goals and we listed those in the, the business plan and um, the first month goal, so first 30 days, was 500 likes, and we hit that in five, is that right? Five days, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we overshot our initial goal, which is always good. Um, and 
I think it may have – I don't want to jinx this, but I think it may have slowed down just a touch since then. Uh, we were right at 100 locks a day there at the beginning. But, you know, I, I'm one of those very impatient people. So I'm going to have to teach me, teach myself, you know, to be a little more patient. But, I, you know, I think in my mind I want it to happen overnight, and that's just not how it works. So, But anyway um, – Let's do a quick introduction just so everybody can kind of get to know us. This will probably be a short episode. I know Mark is off in the morning, and we don't want to keep him up too late because he'll probably have to get up early to get out and chase some deer. Yeah, the time change has really uh, messed with me here. It's, it's kicking my tail, man. I, I feel like it's midnight right now. So, Mark, we'll start with you. Give us a quick little introduction. Tell us about yourself and then we'll hand it over to Jensen. All right, yeah, Mark Hertzfeldt. Um, I uh, live here in the Raleigh area, North Carolina, and uh, moved out here about three years ago now from, from the Midwest, from Wisconsin. So I grew up hunting and fishing with, with my dad and family um, in Wisconsin, and um, just, you know, life happens and things things get to going with, with my own family. And we decided that the weather in Wisconsin is pretty darn cold. And, and uh, <laughs> we, we did, we did take some trips out to North Carolina and our, and some family trips and thought, well, North Carolina is a, a really nice place, a little bit warmer climate. And so, uh, yeah, we, we moved out here three years ago and uh been trying to learn how to hunt all over again so but it's been fun it's it's been a huge learning and and that's what i enjoy really about hunting in general is just learning new things all the time trying new things and um you know, just having fun it's not not all about the inches on on the the deer's head at the end of the day for me it's just trying out trying new things and experimenting and half the time they don't go they don't go like a, like I want them to but um yeah I and I got two two little ones coming up behind me um I have a daughter who is uh, 11 years old and a son that's seven and daughter just passed hunter safety this year so um trying to get some a piece of land here nice and close that we can get her first year so um that's that's a whole nother venture and a whole nother fun experience as far as, as far as it goes on my end. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Cool. And tell us very quickly in a nutshell uh, about DIY bow hunting while while you got the floor. Yeah, yeah. So I am um, about a year about about a year ago. I kind of kind of uh, wanted to start something on my own. I've always done blogs and things, but. Uh, uh, DIY bone hunting came to me and and um, kind of started out to just do a blog and then eventually is molded into the YouTube channel where it's a lot of DIY stuff, a lot of do-it-yourself bow tuning and um, this this past six months, yeah, a little over six months, I uh, invested in 3D printing and been learning a ton about that and. I mean, that thing I don't think has ever stopped. So, uh, yeah, I've got uh, a bunch of 3D printed ideas and, and projects and 
few products and so that's kind of what it's molded into so and i think that's kind of the direction that i'm going to be taking it from here on out is diy 3d printed things that hunters can use outdoorsmen can use awesome and i can speak for a handful of your products <laughs> they've they've changed the game for me in a lot of ways especially with saddle hunting some of the stuff you've made me has been phenomenal so right right yeah some of, yeah and and that's the thing with 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 printing and design not everything works right out of the gate but uh i'll do my best to uh help you get what you need so it's it's been a joy to to work with you and changing and tweaking some of the ideas from you originally sent me and i couldn't be happier with my setup right now just to be honest i awesome it'd be hard to top it appreciate it thanks so jansen give us a quick um introduction introduction uh, you sound like you're from where i'm from i know give us a quick introduction to you well first off i can vouch for uh mark's products as well he sent me a couple uh gopro mountains some bow hangers and stuff and they're top notch it it really shocked me at how sturdy they were i mean that's a whole new ball game something i never really heard of i didn't even realize you could make things like that so it's it's cool to watch him post every morning when i wake up because he's always usually the first one awake working it seems like every morning on something new it's it's cool to watch watch the things he uh is able to make out of a machine he's got. But yeah, I'm Jansen McCoy. I'm from West Virginia, born and raised, uh, real close to Ohio. So I hunt both Ohio and West Virginia. Um, been hunting since I was seven years old with my family. I got three brothers and we all hunted together growing up. Um, got my own family now. I got a, a five-year-old and a two-year-old and been married for six years. Um, Easton, my oldest, is starting to get into hunting a little more and asking questions and wanting to go. He really wants to go turkey hunting this year, so we'll see if he can uh, shoot the 410. We'll get out and practice, but my wife was, was lucky enough to harvest her first Ohio buck this year, October 10th. That was a big one. She's spoiled. Don't tell her I said that, but she is. <laughs> but yeah, that's a little about myself. Uh, just passionate about the outdoors like the rest of the group um been filming for i think six years now that's something i think we're all passionate about being able to take our camera equipment with us and share share our hunts with not only our family and friends but the whole world so that's about it good deal and we'll let nate introduce himself uh, on the next episode when he can jump on but same as, as these folks have said, you know, I've, I've been hunting since I was a kid, uh, mainly with my uncle uh, when I was younger. And then as I got older, my dad kind of got back into hunting, I guess you'd say. And, you know, truth be known, he probably gets out more than I do now. He's He's got it made. So, um, <laughs> got a little family of my own now, though. Uh, the wife been married six years. I uh, got a little girl named Maggie. She's four and just took her out for the, the first time on some public uh, two weeks ago, I guess. Just took a winter, went to a spot that's real easy to get to from the road and she packed her a bag of snacks and <laughs> we sat on the edge of a little clover field and I didn't see anything, but we had a good time and it, you know, she, 
she loves watching it with me like on tv and stuff she's she's surprised me she shocked me on the way i was taking her the first day i said are we shooting anything we see and she said no daddy we're only shooting big bucks and i said man <laughs> I, I wish i would have been that way when i was younger man i if it was brown i was shooting at it same here he said we're only shooting at big bucks daddy no does I said, no, whatever you say but yeah we we kind of had this vision the four of us of creating something that you know, and I just made a post on it yesterday on the main page. Now, our goal is not to to be the number one show on the Outdoor Channel. Of course, everybody would love to strike it big like that. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not human. Um, but that's not our goal. That's not what we envisioned this as. You know, I, I want to make this in this whole industry fun again, let's say. You know, there, there's been too much talk, and, and Jansen, I saw you make a post about it the other day, too. Um, there's so much now where success is measured by inches and age, and, you know, I, no, I don't shoot young bucks or small bucks anymore, but I don't care if other people do. I just love seeing people get out there, enjoying God's creation, getting to hunt, yeah, we've got enough enemies on the anti-hunting side. Um, we don't need to, you know, put each other down. And, and that's one thing that I think this group has always been really good about is not not shaming for what people kill and, you know, being happy for others no matter what. If it's a buttonhead or if it's a 180-inch giant, you know, that's one thing I've always loved about this group. But And I hope we can keep that going absolutely yeah for sure i mean i I can speak from personal experience i mean uh, i saw a spike this morning and my heart was pumping so um yeah that that's that's what uh (laughs) that's what i'm out there for absolutely i mean like the last sit i had last morning sit i had i saw a four-pointer i knew in my mind there was zero percent chance i was going to shoot it but my heart was beating out of my chest. I grabbed my bow off my bow hanger just to go through the motions because, hey, you know, that to me is how you practice for when that moment presents itself on a an actual shooter buck. Um, and, you know, I, I got just as excited there that morning as I would have if I would have killed one. So, I don't know. That, that's one goal that I have out of this thing is, you know, just to – to provide folks with something that's we're real people. We're down to earth. We don't have big farms. Uh, we're not rich by any means, or at least I'm not, I don't think y'all are either. <laughs> nope. nope. <laughs> so it, it's one of them things. I don't know. I, I just want to make fun and hunt again, <laughs> hunting fun again. I can't talk to that. Um, and that's one thing that I, I want this group to strive to do. And I, I think we've done a heck of a job at it so far. Y'all guys are – I don't know what I'd do without you, to be honest, y'all. I've grew close to you over the years, and um, it's crazy how we don't – you know, me and Jansen see each other maybe once a year, uh, but the rest of us, you know, we we talk on social media, and that's about it. But in my mind, we're pretty close. You know, I consider y'all very close friends. Don't make me, don't make me cry, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me do it. So that's kind of a no, I agree. yeah. So that's kind of an intro and to Deep Woods Pursuit, and 
we are going to do our best to do more podcasts. Um, yes. You know, it, it's been a struggle to get all four of us together, but so from here on out, you may not get all four at one time. You may only get bits and pieces of us, but we're going to try to do more podcasts because uh, that is one place I have a passion for as well as other than the filming. Uh, that was my original passion, but the whole podcasting thing has really become something that I'm passionate about. So before we jump off of here, let's throw some uh, quick questions at y'all just for the heck of it and just for the fun of it. I don't know exactly how long we've been going, but so we'll start with what is your favorite terrain feature to hunt? And we'll start with Jansen. Oh, don't start with me. Well, we can start with Mark then. No, I'll start. Um, I, I like funnels and low gaps. Funnels, what I mean by funnels is something to where the deer really don't have a choice but to travel through this one particular area. So, for example, I got a stand actually hung right now for Ryan when he comes to Ohio. It's really a funnel because it's just a small block of timber. There's a ton of open fields and corn, but there's this one real narrow ridge that comes down and then a flat, there's one flat below it. And you got a deep creek and a golf course. And then it funnels down into a little low spot. So either they walk that ridge top and drop down in the block of timber where we're at, or they walk out through an open field and there's a creek on the other side. So they have to funnel through that area and it's just tore up with sign because there's nowhere else for them to go. But that would probably be my favorite. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. There's a lot. Mark, what's your favorite terrain feature to hunt? Um, yeah, I do like the funnels, but, um, as of the, the last two years and learning how to hunt again, <laughs> um, especially on some, you know, compared to Wisconsin, um, out here, there's a lot of, there is a lot of geography or topography to the land. And I've found more sign, um, not necessarily in the, in the bottoms, but but more on the ridges, especially this time of year. And a lot of, when I'm looking at a map, I like to see on the top of the hills, um, the pines where it gets nice and thick. And, and a, lot of, a lot of them I think are, have been cut over and then this regrowth of pines, but then, you know, it drops down into like oak bottoms and, and, and oak uh, valleys, I guess you want to call them. And like, halfway up to as close as I can get to where the pines start is, is where I've been finding a lot of sign and where I've, where I've seen the most buck activity this time of year. So, and I'm, I'm actually going to go try one of those areas that I scouted out last year, um, tomorrow morning as well. So those, th that's what I look for. And that's what I've been finding the most sign on. So fingers crossed. Yeah, that that's where I'm 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 always looking, especially uh, on these public lands and, and things that have these these high and low points. So, so my answer is kind of different, um, and this is a strictly private land answer. If if you ask my favorite terrain feature to hunt on public land, it would be a different answer. 
but if I could dream up the perfect spot of a terrain feature, a field edge is my favorite to hunt. And I kind of picture like a half cut cornfield, me sitting on the edge that's half cut and probably five to 10 yards off the field edge, still having some shot opportunities to the, to the wooded portion, uh, but being able to shoot the field as well. Uh, that's just one thing I've always enjoyed hunting. Um, wouldn't be my first choice. Like if I'm going out scouting public land, I'd typically stay away from the field because uh, main reason is because the, the crowds tend to, to flock to the fields for whatever reason. Um, but if I was picking a place, a field edge, I don't know why is something I love. Now what fit, what, at what point in that field are you setting up? Because I'm a big fan of, like, inside corners. Inside corners, I think, is, is number one on the list. If the field, for example, if there's a – if the field funnels down to a smaller one, um, right at that pinch point where it funnels is would be my number one spot where I can visually see the big part of the field and not necessarily shoot it, um, but going back to kind of pinch points. I've found, you know, a lot of times they'll work the field edge um, in that particular area and almost like a destination food source on the smaller field, if that makes sense. Well, it sounds like I picked a good spot for you this year. Exactly. That's why I got so excited when you sent me the picture. All right, next question. Um, we'll let Mark start off with this one. Um, this is going to be a short, quick, and easy one. Morning or evening? If you could only hunt one, which one would it be? Morning during the rut. Morning during the rut. Jansen? Yeah, I was going to say it depends on time of year. Early season for sure, evening every time. Um, but in the rut, morning every time. That may be a standard answer because that was what my answer was going to be. But now I will say early season, I'm with you, Jansen. I, I don't even – I may hunt open in morning just because it's like a tradition feeling almost. Um, but beyond that, I focus on the evening time there. Feel like it I'm just not. depends on where you're set up. If you're not set up right on a food source, you can get by with things like that. Or you're catching them coming back to bed in the mornings. And I've actually heard of a lot of people that are pushing in super early in the mornings, early season. I'm talking two hours before daylight. Right. They're pinpointing bedding locations, and in some instances, they're even setting up within range of a bed that they are aware of. Uh, Adam Jolly comes to mind. He actually lives in North Carolina, but um, I think it's Budget Bucks Outdoors maybe is their channel. But if you get on there and look, um, this dude is phenomenal at finding buck beds, and he'll get in there early season and be there two hours early, and the sun starts breaking day, and, and you know, the a shooter buck will either be about to bed back down or already laying in his bed and he'll shoot it out of his bed. It's amazing. That's awesome. All right. So next question, we'll start with Jackson. Um, early season, pre-rut, when they're laying down sign, rut or post-rut, which of the four would you pick? It may uh... – Man, I really like to hunt scrapes and pre-rut. It's hard to pick between that and the actually 
peak chasing phase. And to be honest, I've killed 90% of my deer in early October. So it's, it's weird for me to say what I'm saying because I've had a lot of success early season over a food source in the evening time. But if I was going to prefer anything, it would probably be pre-rut when they're laying down those scrapes and checking them frequently. I just love sitting over a, three or four scrapes, not knowing what buck's going to come through to check it is so let, the coolest feeling. Let's add a, a second part to that question just based off your answer. So if you're hunting over scrapes, would you rather sit over a scrape for a morning sit or an evening sit? Because my answer changes. You know, we all said morning before, but if we're talking sitting over scrapes, I would I pick evening every time as far as sitting over a scrape. I'd still pick morning. Still pick morning. Gotcha. Yep. All right, Mark. Early season, pre see uh, pre rut. Whenever they're laying down sign, rut or post rut. Oh man, that's so tough. Um, because because you can you can hunt during the rut and you can't you you can go a long time without seeing anything because they're just they're just locked down. So I I think I'm gonna have to. Those those pre post rods are fun because you just don't know what's gonna be coming through. I mean, you can get a buck that you've never seen before, either on a camera or you, it, it can completely surprise you. So I'm gonna go with pre rut when when they're just they're just looking they're just looking. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say pre rut. Um. Okay, we'll get we'll get to the next second part of that question here in a second. Um, I'm with you guys both, I think. I don't know. I've probably had more success post-rut going back to either killing them back on food sources or that last bit of seeking out the last does. Um, I would say I've been more successful there. But I don't know. There, As far as ease of hunting, I would almost say early season on on feeding pattern especially in north carolina when we can start hunting in september you know that that first week and a half two weeks um if you can if you can get on a feeding pattern man it's it can be fire right out the gate um so i don't know i'm kind of torn probably the pre-ruts where where i would pick if i had to pick one all right so we're gonna start with mark on this one and this is sort of a second part to your answer, let's say. Um, if you had to pick to hunt over one, would it be scrapes or rubs? Uh, scrapes, for sure. I, I guess I've never just had that much experience um, seeing many bucks making making fresh rubs. So I, I've, I know that I can count on either after a rainstorm or, or at some point that, that buck coming to to freshen up a scrape or at least check it. And so I would, I would pick scrapes over rubs for sure. And Jansen? hundred percent the same. I, I would never, I've never been one to be scouting and see a rub line and think to myself, I needed to put a stand up right there. And that, maybe that's something, it's funny that we're all exactly the same. Cause that, that's my answer tenfold. But you, you hear of people that are like, I mean, I've heard this same question asked on other podcasts. 
what gets you more excited scrapes or rubs and sometimes i hear people saying man i'm not even hunting scrapes because they're all getting checked at night i'm hunting rub lines man I, maybe i'm lost maybe there's something that i don't know but now a lot of times you can you can see a deer's travel pattern right i mean you can buy a rub line direction and you of can, travel you can yeah hunt that sure. and direction of travel you can have success i know cameron in southern west virginia he's he set up trail cams and hunted over several rub lines and had success, you know, just by knowing where that deer is traveling to by watching the direction he's rubbing trees. I I have never hunted over a rub line. Maybe I'm messing up. I don't know. I've just always, man, if I can find a scrape, I'm, I'm, I'm going for it. For example, yeah. today, tonight after work, I have an island across from where I live now in St. Mary's, there's an island and uh, half the island is public hunting. Actually, you just have to go online and print out a permit to hunt it. And I had a, one camera left that I found in a Walmart bag in my hunting stuff. And there were two gigabyte SD card in it and the batteries. And went over there and walked for 30 minutes, found a big scrape and put the camera up. I've seen several rubs and never once in my mind did it cross my mind to say, We'll put this camera over this rub. I'm with you. What were you gonna say, Mark? Um, yeah, I, for me, I think. I mean, and then I could be completely wrong, but it's it's easier for me to read the sign in a scrape, whether or not it's fresh, or you know, if if a deer's been there in the in the last 24 hours or not. For for rubs, you can tell if they're fresh, but I I can never tell if they're they're a week old or two weeks old or, you know, and, and you can obviously tell if they're, they're more than that, like a year old, but it's, uh, it's just easier for me to, to read the sign in a scrape. Yeah. And the reason, the reasoning behind the two different differ so much, like a deer, you know, makes a scrape to spread its center around and, with the glands in between its antlers and around its eyes and obviously I did some research on you know what their horns for and how much they do it for just scent or just visual yeah i think part of it's the visual presence of hey this is my territory and i would rather hunt over something where he's trying to show his dominance over scent than a rub. And I think too, honestly, that it's just my opinion. You know, when they lay down rubs, they don't necessarily come back to check them. Whereas with scrapes, they for sure do. So that's one reason that I always lean toward the scrape answer. All right, so one more question to wrap it up. If you had to pick, we'll start with Jansen. If you had to pick a 180-inch typical, say 10-point, or 150-inch, but he had two drop times. 180 typical. Mark, oh, I would I would go with the the two drop tines. 
One because I've never I've never even seen one with a drop tine, so that would be that would be right up my alley right there. I'm a typical kind of guy. I, I would I would shoot the typical all day. <laughs> See, I'm not. I'm not like if you would have said. I, I feel like that's a goofy question because you got a 150 inch buck over 180. Yeah, that's why. That's why <laughs> it makes it interesting. I know it makes it interesting, but I mean, come on, right? So, uh, so all right, 160 inch typical or 150 inch with two drop tines? 150 inch with two drop tines. Okay, so that's I, I love. I love and my dream buck is one of those six and a half, seven inch bases, tight rack, long tines, no width to it at all, just gnarly. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have that ten out of ten times than a big wide just basic typical frame deer yeah i think it's a cool question to ask people eh? (laughs) (laughs) but if you're asking me if uh whatever one gives me a shot first if they're both at the 20 yards i'm shooting either one of them yeah absolutely whichever one gives me the shot opportunity first yeah who am i kidding i'm shooting the 125 inch eight pointer that's <laughs> that they're trying to run off if they, it's giving me a shot opportunity first I got to see one. yeah right <laughs> well any other questions you guys got um uh not questions just for our viewers um if you need anything have any questions on gear time of year we're hunting what we choose to do prayer requests anything around that shoot us a message on our on our page deep what's pursued on facebook or instagram we'll for sure get back to you as soon as we can with whatever you may need whether it be just someone to talk to someone to pray with or a question about you know what we're seeing in the woods at this time or what what gear we use or what broadhead we shoot anything like that reach out we're not we're not the type of team to and even if we grow how we want to we're not gonna forget where we started and how we are with with people you know i know there's a lot of times i'd like to reach out to some of these big name people and and i have before you know reach out to some of them i'm not gonna mention names obviously but you reach out with a simple question or something and either they view it or you get some automatic reply that's robotic because they don't have time to mess with it. And I understand that, you know, they're, they got busy schedules, but we'll always try to keep the time to interact with the people that follow us. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. For sure. And to end it off, uh, if you guys are in the, the market for some new camouflage, uh, we do have a promo code that you can use. It is DWP15, and that is for Habit Outdoors brand clothing. Uh, they make – that's pretty much exclusively what I'm wearing. I think it's exclusively what Jansen's wearing. Mark, I don't know how much you own, but um, DWP15 will get you 15% off. Um, it's very reasonable and affordable stuff, but it's also quality made like I – I don't have any complaints of mine. Do you, Jensen? I have had my winter gear and wore it every gun season since 2014. Awesome. I, 
I think actually that was before I started filming really or anything was a part of any group and I bought it at Kmart it's the habit branded bibs and winter jacket and, and since that that's pretty much all I've wore I think I have upwards of 30 pieces of habit camo right now between me and my wife yeah I'm the same way I've got two rubbermaid totes completely full it's nothing but habit <laughs> it's just I mean for the price you some of this camo stuff and not who uses any of it, but like Sitka, you can't buy a, a one glove for $70. And, you mm. know, I, I can go buy my whole, my whole Turkey hunting camo of choice for 70 bucks. Yeah. One of the, this is somewhat off topic, but one of the funniest things I love to do every time me and my wife go in Cabela's or Bass Pro, we play this little game. And again, not to bash anybody, that's not what I'm doing. But I will walk over to the sick rack and I will point at something and I'll say, How much do you think that costs? <laughs> and she tries to guess it and she has never gotten even close. And my wife do the same thing online. I'll be scrolling or see an ad for habit and click on it. Or not habit, but sick or Q U or something like that. And I'll be like, Oh wow, I'm just gonna exit out of this real quick. <laughs> Get back to habit where I belong. <laughs> So, again, that code's DWP15. Use that at your leisure for you, your family, whoever. It's for us to be able to share with our viewers. Um, thanks to Habit for providing that code. And that's going to wrap up episode one of the Deep Woods Pursuit podcast. Um, hopefully many more to come. Are right, You guys have a good night. You too. Yep. <laughs>